podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. It's getting to that point of the season where things are getting pretty hectic in the race for British Speedway's playoff places. At the National Speedway Stadium, live on TV, Bellevue took on Sheffield and they turned the tables on the Tigers with a 54-36 victory in their latest Roses battle. We'll hear from Steve Worrell, who has a strong message for some of those online who've been giving him a hard time over recent weeks. I just could never find myself going on social media to start moaning about someone, you know, mm-hmm. say whatever doesn't score a goal for United and I'm not going to go on Twitter and start kicking off We'll also hear from Peter Adams at Wolves, along with Leon Flint, Alex Brady and Thomas Jorgensen, along with Scott Nichols too. In the Championship, it's all heating up there as well. Currently top of the pile in that league is Pool Pirates. We'll hear from Neil Middleditch and we've got a chat with Glasgow Tigers new signing Marcin Novac, who launches his British campaign up against one of Speedway's all-time legends. Jason Scrum, it's a legend of the Speedway. Eh? I think when I look for him, I learn a lot. From, from this person. And we'll hear from Red Car's Ryan Kinsley, who's had a heck of a week. He was racing for the Red Car Bears on Friday against Kent, and then from outside his hotel in the middle of the night, his van was stolen. His van was found, no bikes in the back. After a massive appeal and a crowdfunding exercise, three of his bikes have now been returned, which were the three that was missing. And to say he's relieved is a bit of an understatement. So we'll hear the story from the man himself before the end of this week's episode. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. There's lots to get through this week on No Breaks, No Fear and uh, quite a lot from the Championship to come later as well. We'll hear from Lewis Kerr and Michael Palm-Toft of Redcar. We'll hear from Neil Middleditch at Pool, And we'll also hear from Eric Riss and Sam Masters who um, had an unfortunate incident in Heat 15 of Edinburgh versus Birmingham last week where uh, they both tangled, one got excluded, but... Um, a surprising agreement between the two riders. Uh, you'll hear about that a little bit later on. First of all, though, let's go to the National Speedway Stadium, where uh, that was the scene for the televised action on Monday night in Speedway's Premiership. And Bellevue returned to form and turned the tables on Sheffield with a 54-36 victory in the latest Roses battle in Manchester. Huge victory on the cars for their home team. Just what they needed. And here they are. Fans are on their feet night. Huge confidence booster for the Bellevue Aces. They've needed this tonight after a miserable bank holiday double defeat at the hands of Wolverhampton. They lost at Sheffield on Thursday, but now they're back on the winning track. And that is a huge boost ahead of the playoffs in a few weeks' time. The scores were close at the halfway stage with only two points between the sides but the Aces were much the stronger side in the closing part of the meeting. Dan Bewley led the way with a paid maximum on 14 plus 1 and skipper Steve Worrell put his bank holiday problems behind him with 12. British champion Adam Ellis scored 11 for the Tigers who are in no mood to celebrate despite Kings Lynn's defeat at Wolverhampton securing the Ollerton side's place in the playoffs. Speaking after the meeting, Steve Worrell spoke with Phil Lanning and he's urging some of the online keyboard warriors to put as much effort into supporting riders as they do when criticising them. A really classy night for you the National Speedway Stadium. Um, is there an element of joy or relief, maybe? Um, a bit of both, to be honest. You know, 
form around here recently hasn't been great. You know, I can I seem to be able to score the points everywhere else, oh. and yeah, for for whatever reason, I, I was struggling here. And I think Bank Holiday Monday, I, without knowing, I've had a, a small issue all year, and Bank Holiday Monday kind of exposed that, uh-huh. you know, uh, dramatically to me with doing two meetings in one day. It's you know, it's uh-huh. hard work on man and machine, uh-huh. and um, yeah, that kind of pointed out the issue to me and when we got back and looked into it and uh-huh. found the reason why um, yeah it's clear as day and obviously ever since then uh, maximum at Poole on Wednesday um, maximum on, at Leicester and then again another solid night tonight so it's uh-huh. it kind of cements in my mind that what we found is an actual no, uh-huh. without knowing it's probably affected my scores all year uh-huh. and you kind of you can get away with it on the small tracks, but when you come to the big, big tracks like this, where um, one one you can't hide, and oh. two you you're asking a lot more of your bike. You know, the, again that problem is is made magnified. Yeah. Um, so, Speedway social media is quite ruthless. Um, people expect results continually, um, and I think that's you know there's been a, a lot said around this track and this club, um, but you've probably silence a lot of people tonight because you, you've taken a lot of stick probably unfairly um, and people have got very short memories yeah um, how difficult is that for you psychologically when we come to a business end of the season to be getting that sort of oh, I don't know if you read it or not but if it, it's very hard to avoid because yeah. your family members might see it or whatever is that something part of the sport now with psychological could be so hard and so strong not to listen to it and to actually go and perform like you did tonight it's difficult because, in, on one hand, I can I can get the fans' frustration because uh-huh. when they see you scoring big points for pool and then you come to Bellevue and struggle, uh-huh. I can I do get it. But on on the other hand, you know, like me, I just could never find myself going on social media to start moaning about someone. You know, uh-huh. say whatever doesn't score a goal for United, and uh-huh. I'm not going to go on Twitter uh-huh. and start kicking off. And yes, I'm, I'm entitled to my opinion. If I've paid to go to the match, whatever. But still, it, it doesn't give me the right to go on social media and start calling him an idiot or whatever. Is it counterproductive? Because at it the end is, of the day, yeah, you're still a Bellevue rider and you need to perform. It is, and because it, it, it builds resent, you know. Uh-huh. You, especially when you, you go into other places and you get so much support uh-huh. and then you have to come back to that place where, yeah, you, you feel all that negativity and, and it, it builds resent and it kind of... It does affect your racing. No, you uh-huh. you come into the meeting with a lot more pressure on your shoulders. Is this track really brutal and ruthless? Because there is no, as you said, there's no hiding place, and it is. It's very hard to have any sort of home track advantage at Paul. You've got a home track advantage, yeah. and at Newcastle, where you've been before, and other tracks, you can get yourself dialed here. Everyone loves it, and it's all about horsepower. That's it. You can't hide here, and and if you're, well, it, it shows it with that that little issue I've had all year. You know. Uh-huh. You can get away with it at pool. You can get away with it, at, like you say, the smaller tracks. But when you come here, uh-huh. there's no hiding places. It's, uh-huh. you know, it's a. But hey, you didn't need to hide tonight. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't and, that, and that's a big positive, and you know, and it's a big weight lifted for me. And because uh, I know I'm capable of it, uh-huh. and and I guess that's what frustrates the Bellevue fans. They know I'm capable uh-huh. of it as well. Uh-huh. And yeah, but there's only one way to keep everyone smiling. That's including it. yourself and you've that's got to it. go out and do that yeah okay. and, and do it like I'm I'm really happy it's happened tonight you know uh-huh. because things have come out recently where whatever with the social media uh-huh. saga but 
Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'd have come here tonight and um, not really backed it all up, then I guess I'd have looked a bit daft. But, but just like, it says a lot about you, that you've come yeah. here tonight, strength of mind, strength, resilience. Yeah. And you've done it so you can now kick on for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's it. And I think for, personally, I needed it, but from a team point of view, we needed it as well. Yeah. Because we needed to rebuild that faith with the fans and fill them with that little bit of confidence that... Mm-hmm. We have got a chance, it's you know, we can do it. It's funny because Tom Brennan has a similar situation. He's done well tonight as yeah. well when he was under, felt under pressure and you're both the biggest critics of yourself yeah. more than anyone else. And so it gives the whole place a bit of belief going into the playoffs, yeah. no doubt. It's, it's easy to, as a fan, it's easy to look at it, you know, when, when your team's losing and saying, oh, we've got no chance, you know, we're not going to win, this isn't our year. But when you look at our team as seven individuals... Based on form, we're all riding brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And if we all put it together, we can match or beat any of the other teams that are going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bit of support, you know, pat on the back, a good cheer. <laughs> it all helps, you know, and everyone, no, no negativity. And everyone That's goes unhappy. That's it, yeah. Good stuff. Well, listen, great to see you do so well tonight. Thanks, yeah. thanks for your time, Steve. Thank you. That's Phil Lanning speaking with Steve Worrell after that meeting against the Sheffield Tigers. Uh, Steve Worrell putting those bank holiday problems behind him with a solid 12 on the night. Wolverhampton took another step towards clinching top spot in the Premiership with a convincing 54-36 win over Kings Lynn. It means Wolves could complete a clean sweep of home wins when they conclude their regular schedule against Peterborough next Monday. The only team who could deny them league leadership and the right to pick their playoff semi-final opponents. Sam Masters raced to a 12-point maximum for the home side with Ryan Douglas adding 11. Thomas Jorgensen scored 11 for the Stars, but they suffered a major blow when Richard Lawson suffered a suspected broken collarbone in Heat 5. We'll hear from Alex Brady for the Kingsland Stars soon, but first here's Wolves team manager Peter Adams on a terrific evening for the Wolfpack. Well, Wolverhampton team boss Peter Adams, obviously it's been a, a tough old season for Kingsland, so um, a case of job done for Wolverhampton in the end tonight. Yeah, it's important obviously that we win these last two um, two home matches and uh, I thought despite you know the scoreline some of the racing here tonight was absolutely fantastic and given the water problems you know that the track staff have had all day I think they did a terrific job and uh, the boys loved it and I think it showed in their riding yeah, like you say, it's uh, all about winning those last two home meetings. Uh, next Thursday, uh, next Monday against Peterborough is going to be a big one. Uh, you've talked about confidence and momentum. Leon Flint, his highest score here at Monmouth Green tonight as well, so got to be delighted for him. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen him on the parade truck with half a smile on his face. But um, he's gradually getting to grips with it. But I think he's, uh, he's more of a weapon, you know, perhaps away from here, which is... Uh, going to be important because you know whoever we end up meeting in the playoffs it's a big track so um, we're going to need him firing you know in that position but if he can pick up the up point here as well then that's all to the good one thing you always speak about is uh, improvement throughout the side in terms of uh, figures and, and averages and that side of things and touched upon it in your programme notes tonight as well, uh, the, the significant factor that the, the six riders apart from the Rising Star have done exactly that up to now yeah, I mean, they've put over seven points cumulatively on their averages. Every single one of them is on the up. So um, I don't think I've ever seen that before, you know, but there's been improvement throughout the team and uh, it's reflected in our results. And now here we are in this must-win saloon um, where um, I fully expect next Monday to be the match of the season here. 
Well, despite a bad start to his evening, Wolves rising star Leon Flint notched his best ever score at Monmore Green. He's been talking through his nights with Ryan Guest. Well, Leon Flint uh, started with the last place. Uh, bike problems meant, meant you were ruled out of the second ride uh, due to the two-minute time allowance. So to turn things around and get your highest premiership score here at Monmore Green, you've got to be really chuffed with, uh, with yourself tonight. Yeah, um, heat two. I, I've been getting quite unlucky with the, the gate fours in the first one and I'm almost making not a not good enough start, but at the same time, not a bad enough one and I'm just getting I'm just getting caught on the outside and getting roosted and it's when that happens it's basically my race over but um yeah we we changed the carby in the in the for the next one and I think we just had too many bodies round um I think everyone was just expecting would would done everything but um yeah it happens um and uh yeah we um we got everything sorted managed to get it get it going for heat eight um made a terrible start on my next one but thankfully peter gave me um heat 14 as well to prove myself and uh and i did but it's uh, my biggest thing for for here is just trying to ride this inside line um you know i've been brought up on barracks barracks big fast track um with all that banking etc and it's just it's just finding my finding my my feet here um but yeah, starting to starting to ride it a bit better, um, just in time for the for the important stuff. Yeah, like you say, at this stage of the season, it's all about building your, your momentum and confidence, and um, a performance like that going into next week's uh, big final regular home meeting of the season against Peterborough certainly serves you nicely. Yeah, that's going to be a big one for us. Um, half, you know, feeling good with the the setup that I found. Um, but yeah. I'm going to be going into it full gas, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure the, the other lads are going to going to be all revved up for it. But I think that'll decide, um, you know, kind of show us how how far we are off because um, that could potentially be the final. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be going and uh, going in strong and looking for a good result. Yeah, um, how much have the Wolverhampton fans helped as well? Because even on those nights where uh, you've only scored one point or failed to score, they even on parade they've always been right behind you, cheering and, and spurring you on, haven't they? I've never. I mean, I love I love everything at Berwick, etc. But I've never felt the the. I want. I don't even want to say like the, you know, the back and just more more would say like the love from everyone. Um, just how much the, you know, they're getting behind me. Um, it, it makes you know them them wins and paid wins and good results even more special because you know I don't like right now I don't feel like I'm doing it for me I feel like I'm doing it for them and um, yeah they can see that I'm I am trying my hardest and um, I mean I think that's all I all I can do and yeah the results are starting to show um, I've been been all right away from home but this is where it matters and. Uh, yeah, it was just a good to end off tonight with a half decent result. Yeah, and just very finally, um, what, what's it like riding with uh, with a team with this much confidence, self belief, and quality as well? That's got to be helping yourself. Yeah, it's great. Um, the whole atmosphere we've got got amazing, and um, yeah, all the boys, all the boys are getting on with each other. We're having good crack, and um, yeah, we're we're very determined to to bring another title to Mama Green. There's Leon Flint speaking with Ryan Guest. For Kings Lynn then, another tough night and they now prepare for their final home meeting of the season this Thursday against Sheffield. 
Here's the thoughts of the Stars team boss, Alex Brady, who's speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Kings Lynn team manager Alex Brady, a 54-30-6 defeat at Wolverhampton, doesn't necessarily uh, reflect the, the sides battling efforts here tonight. No, it's not a fair reflection on the efforts. Everyone dug deep, obviously losing Rich in his second ride in Heat 5 was really, really tough. And obviously trying to plug the gaps with IRR is particularly hard and tax subs and all those things. So it's difficult to manage and juggle. But yeah, the boys, they gave it everything. I mean, particularly Lewis. Uh, Thomas and Eric and yeah proud, proud of the efforts and it's no disgrace coming here losing by that scoreline especially without number one so yeah without your number one and it was in that spell where Wolves got four five ones in the, the space of five races that, that really saw them take control of this one yeah it changed it changed the night I mean they were going well before that uh, anyway but it changed the night for us and it was a bit of a down and dumps had to pick everybody up and yeah we, 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 we dug in we did everything we could and yeah we come away with a battling performance obviously as you say the scoreline doesn't fully reflect that but yeah proud of the efforts tonight Obviously, you're only a couple of months into your speedway management now. You've mentioned how um, injury rider replacement kicked in that along with trying to juggle the uh, reserve switches along the way. Was that probably the uh, the most difficult night as team manager so far, perhaps? Yeah, it's been a busy day at work as well, so my brain is really hurting at the moment. But, uh, yeah, it was it was difficult to, to juggle it all in, fit it all in, and make sure bikes and, and well, man and machine could do it. You know, trying to put Eric in three rides in a row or, or Louis in three rides in a row just yeah, isn't feasible, really. So, uh, yeah, a lot of juggling. But it was definitely the toughest night so far far but um, yeah hopefully Thursday night will be a lot easier. You mentioned Thursday night um, last one for the season at the Adrian Flux Arena against the Sheffield Tigers obviously only that one win against Bellevue in Norfolk so far so just how much would it mean if you could go out on a high in front of the home supporters against Sheffield? Yeah absolutely everything is you know we have to do it about Rich I mean I'm sure he's not going to be back for Thursday night unfortunately um, so we have to be looking at what options we've got there but yeah it mean it would mean everything to win on Thursday night and then if we can if we can win that and pick something else up away then uh, yeah I'll be a happy man for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, you've mentioned about the, the potential headaches you've got. Uh, riders ringing you already looking at a, a team spot for next year. Obviously, the, the current crop of boys trying to battle their way into your team plans as well. And like you say, it's not, not just about rounding this season off, but to take a high into the winter, looking ahead to 2022 as well. That's right. I've said elsewhere that the fans have stuck with us a lot this season, so we need to give them something back on Thursday night. That's the plan. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, trying to finish on a high for the boys that we've got, the crop we've got, um, and, and see who wants to be here next season and, and work out what we can do and where we can plug the gaps and, and fit everybody in. So that's the plan. Many thanks for your time as always, Alex. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks, mate. And with Richard Lawson lost due to injury, the pressure was on the other Kings Lynn Heat leaders to make up the points. Louis Kerr and Thomas Jorgensen both led the way with nine. And Danish star Jorgensen reflects on a tough and very hectic night. Well, Thomas Jorgensen uh, coming to the league leaders, Wolverhampton, never going to be easy. But when you lose your number one after his second ride, it just makes the task even more difficult. It does for sure, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what Richard has done. Uh, he obviously had his arm in a sling, so I presume it's... Uh, Something to do with the show, or, or uh, but I obviously hope for hope all the best for him, and hope it's not uh, not as bad as it looks. But uh, yeah, it, it was hard from the beginning from us losing uh, Richard, and he uh, he was uh, good around here last. Uh, last uh, he used to good around here as well. Uh, so uh, well, we kept battling through, and uh, I had uh, I don't even know what the score was. I barely didn't know uh, didn't know what gate I was on. I was like flat out uh, trying to change step to the track, and because uh, it's not usually a track I. Uh, it's not my sort of style, you know, so uh, I got something working and, uh, yeah, but it was tough for us and obviously they're a strong team at home, so we just have to take the head off for them. Yeah, like you say, it was a, a tough start for yourself with two third places, but seemed yeah. to find, it seemed to go for a, a wide line here that, that not many people managed to find, but um, it worked for you for, uh, a couple of occasions and managed to get two race wins in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, as, as you said, like two, two third places, uh, 
uh, I, I, I felt I had the, had the speed. Uh, we didn't really change much. We, we left the sort of uh, majority of it because I had the speed. I just needed to get get it dialed into to the start. So uh, once we got it dialed into the start, it was uh, it was pretty good. And obviously, I missed one in 11, I think, uh, or nine, uh, and I managed to pass Rory. Um, and uh, and you know, sorry. And and uh, that proof have got speed, and I just want to make come here next time, make five stars instead of two stars. <laughs> yeah, you will have to uh, wait and see on that one. Obviously, yeah. it's been a um, a real tough season for the Kingsland Stars. You've been with the club uh, a, a number of years now. You've experienced the highs um, along the way, and this 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 has been uh, obviously a, a low of a campaign, and didn't get off to the the best of start, and it's uh, it's rollercoaster from there. Yeah, it's it's been as you said a. Uh, just uh, a, a bit, basically a roller coaster all, all season. It we've uh, we've had a, obviously as, as, as people have known, we, we've had uh, you know riders in and out, and it's been very difficult. And uh, you know uh, we've even changed management, and you know everything has uh, has been been difficult for Kingsland. And uh, I've personally I've, I've just tried to keep my head down, and that's as, as a rider, I think you, you can get too much filled into your head, and uh, you need to think about yourself sometimes. And uh, obviously. Uh, it breaks my heart seeing the team struggle that much after an awesome 18 and sort of like a decent 19 season we had. So, uh, you know, it, uh, it has been difficult, but uh, we we sort of, you know, some we, we are so close now and we obviously, you know, we we start well and then it, we, something, something happens. And uh, if we all click on a night, you know, um, then we just need to be do that, you know, and... Uh, yeah, it's so difficult. It's hard to put, put words on it. You know, we it's a. Uh, I just want the best for the club. You know, that's that's all I can say. Yeah, you want the best for the club. Obviously, uh, a couple more meetings left on the road to finish the season. But this Thursday, uh, the last one in front of the home fans. We saw what that one win against Bellevue yeah. did mean to everyone a couple of months ago. Yeah. You'd really like to to go um, away from the Adrian Flux Arena for the last time this year with a win against Sheffield on Thursday. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, that, uh, you know, that's that we, that's a must win. You know, we have to we have to win it. Uh, uh, so we'll do everything to do that, and um, obviously, when Sheffield was uh, was at our place last time, uh, I think uh, the whole Speedway, uh, British Speedway, knew what happened. So uh, uh, you know, it, uh, it was obviously the rain did it for us, and um, yeah. Uh, so we need to uh, we need the last meeting to be ours for sure, and uh, and show the fans that we we still uh, we're still in the game, and yes, uh, that's all we can do. Many thanks for your time, as always, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. Mate. And we'll hear from Richard Lawson later in the show on the news that he's put pen to paper and will race for Plymouth in the championship in 2022. Peterborough kept up the pressure at the top of the Premiership with a convincing 55-35 local derby win over Ipswich on Monday. The Panthers completed a second double of the season over the Witches and their opponents blown away at the East of England Arena by a devastating run of four successive 5-1s in mid-meeting. Each of the home side collected at least two paid wins, led by Michael Palm-Toft, who racked up a paid 16 in a tremendous performance, which started with two 5-1s alongside skipper Scott Nichols, who himself got 10 plus 3, whilst guest reserve Jack Thomas won two races and scored eight. Here is the Panthers captain, Scott Nichols, speaking with Dave Rowe. Panthers captain, Scott Nichols, heading for the playoffs, team in form, and tonight showed really why that is. Yeah, it was a fantastic team performance tonight, um, convincing win. We know Ipswich have had a tough season, um, but they've still got some real-class riders that can go exceptionally good around the showground, so you know we had to be on a game, and... Uh, Started off a little bit slow, but come away with a convincing win and hopefully we can use that momentum and take that through the playoffs. Track tonight looks slightly different to normal. Did that take a bit of time to get used to? 
definitely so. We um, asked for something a little bit different tonight, and uh, it was different. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily 100% what we wanted, but it was kind of in the right direction. But it's hard. I don't think many of the boys really liked it as such, but we had a convincing win, so it's hard to, to kind of criticise. I'm not criticising Trey, but say you didn't like it when you had a convincing win. But uh, it's work in progress. Um, you know, we know we've been strong at the showground, but we know all the other teams that are in that, that top four playoff spot are equally strong as well. So um, it's all about maintaining that momentum and, and coming to your home track, kind of knowing, you know, what setup to run and hitting the ground running, really. Well, Danny King scored 12 for the Witches and Craig Cook adding 10 plus 2 as they collected a couple of late race advantages at the end of a below-par season for the club. We'll hear from uh, Peterborough's Michael Palm-Toft later in the show because he appears to be on course for the playoffs in both the Premiership and in the Championship with Redcar. And that's where we're heading next. There's plenty going on in British Speedway's second tier and the race for the playoff places is certainly hotting up. We'll hear from Neil Middleditch of league leaders Poole, Eric Riss and Sam Masters who both tangled in a Heat 15 decider at Armadale last Friday on who they think should have been excluded. And we meet Glasgow's new Polish signing, Marsh. My dream is a world champion. Yeah? I, I'm a young. Uh, I have two legs, two arms, and uh, I think few years of the work I, I do level up, level up. And here the astonishing story of Ryan Kinsley, who had his van and three bikes stolen following Redcar's meeting against Kent last Friday night, and how the Speedway community has rallied round to try and get him back in business. There is a happy-ish ending to the story as well. All on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back, I'm Ian Brannan, now turning our attention to British Speedway's Championship, where the race for the playoffs is certainly hotting up. The top six teams move on to the next stage of the season, with the top two heading straight for the semi-finals. Currently, Paul and Redcar occupy those spots, so that's where we'll focus first. And it's been a mixed week for the Pool Pirates, defeated away at Birmingham midweek and then a big win at home against Glasgow on Friday. Ryan Guest spoke to Neil Middleditch at Perry Bar about life for the Pirates in the second tier. First and foremost, obviously, a different venture for the Pirates this year in the Championship. Um, certainly with the latest form as well, seem to be enjoying it now. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think people know that I wasn't the, the, the first advocate of going to, uh, down the league, but I've got to say I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's good fun to see the, you know, so many English boys coming through, which is refreshing, um, instead of seeing all the foreigners. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, um, obviously, but everyone knows the, the difficulties Paul had earlier in the season, pretty similar to uh, what happened here at Birmingham as well, but uh, got to be proud of the way that the team and the club have recovered since. Yeah, that's right. It's been difficult times, isn't it? We've, you know, we've never known times like this before, and Paul, you know, is, is, Paul's, Paul's, is Paul's speed. And we're lucky we've got a good fan base. We've had good crowds the last few weeks, and so it looks good down there. But it is, it, it's pretty spooky. We're in a difficult time where everybody knows that. Yeah, built a, a solid team for your first year in the championship as well, and uh, really delivering the goods of late. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, Matt's very good at doing that. I mean, obviously, we have a chat about things, but, you know, you, you, building a team, you've got to look at riders that you think are going to improve on, on their uh, starting average, shall we say, and, and we've done just that. Yeah, that blend of uh, youth and experience as well. Obviously, uh, Rory, Danny, and, and Stevie, 
obviously a, a solid top end but um, people like uh, Daniel down at re- reserve he's had a, a great year and obviously uh, Ben Cook's now been rewarded for, for his form at reserve yeah that's right I mean I, I think as you say we've got a good good spearhead but you, I always say reserves win your meetings and Daniel's been nothing sort of a revelation really I mean I knew very little about Daniel before uh, this season what, and what I've seen from him has been brilliant I mean his attitude is he's old school reminds me of you know me when I started you know he's enjoying his racing alright he's a disappointment when he runs the last but he doesn't let it get him down he just moves on and, and, and it's refreshing to see yeah here at Perry Bar tonight obviously a, a comfortable win on Sunday uh, at home over the Brummies but uh, they have got a, a good run going themselves here at Perry Bar yeah that's right I mean I, I always say to the boys you know, we, ne- we never underestimate anybody you know you, you, you don't win a meeting on paper and uh, when, when you're out on the track things could be certainly different well, there's Neil Middleditch speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, second-placed Redcar Bears head to the Brummies next this week before a massive clash against Leicester on Friday night at the Media Prima Arena. Michael Palm-Toft has proved to be a vital part of the Bears' charge this season, hitting double figures more often than not. And he's been looking back at his season so far and speaking with Ryan Nassau. Obviously, have been set out for all that time and just... Uh, I came, came back after an injury and spend a full full year well more than a year after that injury so you've got things on your head mind and so on you have to come over so but well, we're getting there um so yeah getting back to to form again and obviously does it help coming into a team like redka and peterborough you've rode for peterborough before and you rode for redka last season does that help when you're coming into a new season um obviously it helps if you know the tracks um a little bit when when you know your home tracks uh it does help. Um, so as long as the the tracks are prepared the same, then yeah, it does help. Obviously, when you rode for Peterborough last time, they were in uh, Rangers League, the Championship, and you obviously used to come here with Peterborough. What uh, for people that don't come along to Speedway very often, they'll notice that the crowd sizes at Redka from them days are vastly different. What's happened at the to Redka? I think uh, for Redka, it's better promotion. Uh, get promoted better um, which shows uh, also that we are um, in it to get some silverware and, and the team is a lot stronger than what it used to be um, so that also brings brings people in and, and the racing is really really good here uh, the, the track is a lot better these days than it was back then too so it, it, it's a few different things that does it and does it help that when people come along, you think, because there's a real good feeling around the club at the moment, I think that helps and people are invited in as part of the Red Cabez family, so yeah, to speak? Yeah, 100%. Um, like, anything that's enjoyable to go to where you can get involved, it it, it definitely helps. It, it makes you want to come back. And how would you rate your season out of 10 so far this year? Um, I'm not good at rating things, uh, <laughs> so I'll probably go a bit low and say a 7. Um, but everything can can improve. It doesn't matter how good you do. It's always something you can improve on, and and we're we're, we're definitely getting there. Um, I'm I'm still learning. I'm still learning a few things, and still trying to to get faster and so on. So yeah, a solid seven, I would say. And would success for you and your teams at the end of the season only classes win both league titles? Um, well, success is is hundred percent that we that we get the silverware and that we won and that's that's being on top. So hundred percent, like you you, you want to win something. You you've done all the hard graft and so on, so you want to win. And last one, um, Red Kit, can we still finish in the top two? 
to be fair, I'm, I'm not really fussed whether we finish in the top two or not. As long as we're in the playoffs, uh, when you're in the playoffs, it's everybody's game. Last Friday saw a very closely contested match between Redcar and the Kent Kings. Scott Nichols and Troy Batchelor led the scoring with 11 each, and both teams keeping within a few points until a Heat 13-5-1 for the Bears opened up a gap, and Charles Wright and Michael Palmtoft got the better of Troy Batchelor and Scott Nichols. On his second appearance for his new home side, Lewis Kerr bagged 12 points and feels he's getting to grips with his new home circuit. Use a different engine tonight and make some good gates and we were fast as well so um, well pleased. Real team effort because we know Ryan didn't score any but he was definitely in the mix and should have got a 5-1 and he too with Jordan. Yeah 100% like I said he got pulled back for that I think um, but like I said he's trying he had some, some bike problems and he's trying all sorts of things um, but like I said it was a good team performance everyone mucked in and um, I'm really enjoying it. And playoffs coming up, a regular starting to fire at the right time. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I think um, we've got a strong team, strong top four, and Jordan reserves fine. So um, yeah, we, we can beat anyone. That's for sure. And you've all, you've professed your love for this track before. Does it help when you sign for a new team? Because I'm sure you had lots of offers that you come into a track where you know you really like and you can really mm. have a go at it. Yeah, I mean. There was a few offers when Eastbourne closed, and you know I didn't want to go anywhere else but here. So uh, I love I love the track. I only heard good things about the club and the promotion, and um, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. There's um, Lewis Kerr, or as he's known around the Media Prima Arena, the Terminator. Um, I was doing some commentary for the new uh, Bears TV channel, which is, uh, has just started. And you can watch coverage of that Kent match, actually, if you want to, uh, by, the, uh, by the little uh, rerun stream that they're doing right now on uh, the Red Car Bears website. But after the meeting, uh, Red Car Reserve Ryan Kinsley had his van stolen from outside his hotel containing three bikes and all of his equipment. His plight was shared far and wide by thousands of people. And on Monday, he was reunited with his bikes. We'll hear from Ryan Kinsley about the situation in a little while. Meanwhile, Glasgow welcome a new signing to the Tigers lineup this week. Young prospect Marshan Novac comes into the side with his first taste of British racing, set for this Friday against Plymouth, and he'll get to race against one of his heroes. Phil Lanning has been speaking to the new Tiger. Uh, first of all, your first impressions of Glasgow and being here, how does it feel to be here finally? Uh, I uh, feel very good here yeah, to to show uh, my rights to the fans in the uh, British League. Uh, in the Poland, we end of the season because we not go to the playoffs. And uh, in Poland, I have maybe two meet- open meetings only. And uh, here on the British League, is are more more meetings. And mm-hmm. thanks to, to Peter uh, from the club to, to give me a chance to show. What do you know about the championship in the UK? I mean, have you seen much of it? Have you managed to watch it, any of it before? Uh, I watch only on the YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. I not too much. Uh, I don't know too much about this league, but uh, English league uh, is very good to learn of speedway yeah, because this track is is a little difficult, like uh, Poland, and I need this. I've spoken to Brady Kurtz and Luke Becker about you and your team in Woods and they, they speak very highly of you. Um, have you asked their advice? Or who was it who spoke to in Poland? Was it, uh, was it Musilak you spoke to as well about coming here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, when I talk about the Glasgow Speedway, 
everybody tell me this is good decision. Mm -hmm. This is good club and uh, mm -hmm. I know this is it. <laughs> okay. What is your ambition in speedway, Martin? What what do you want to be? I mean, we have a Polish world champion at the minute. Ah, I mean, okay. Where where do you want to be? I mean, do you, is this a do you think that you coming to the UK is important for your progression for your for your career? Exactly. Exactly. This is the progress uh, of my career. Uh, my dream is a world champion. Yeah. I I'm a young Uh -huh. uh, I have two legs, two arms, and uh, <laughs> I think uh, after the few few years of the work, I, I do level up, level up, and slowly but Surely. to up. Okay. Yeah. And finally, you, uh, you may make your debut hopefully on Friday against Plymouth, and that could be against three times world champion and a World Cup winner in Bjarne yes, Pedersen. Yes. So, could be some debut for you. Ah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason Scrum, it's a legend of the speedway, yeah? And uh, I think when I look for him, I learn a lot yeah. from, from this person. Well, listen, welcome to Glasgow and uh, wish you all the best in your debut. Very thank you. Cheers. Sounds like a nice guy, doesn't he? That's uh, Marsha Novac, who's going to be lining up for the Glasgow Tigers, hopefully against Plymouth on Friday. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on on his speedway education, but he's certainly got his sight sets high. Birmingham are now firmly in the championship playoff equation after a dramatic 45-all draw at Edinburgh. The match reached a controversial conclusion with the Brummies' Eric Riss disqualified from Heat 15 after Sam Masters fell on the first bend. The Monarchs had scored a 5-1 one in Heat 14 to give them a chance of a win, but Chris Harris split Masters and Josh Pickering in the rerun to draw the meeting. Now, it's rare for opposing managers to agree on anything, but Brummies manager Lawrence Rogers said, to put it simply, we were robbed. Eric was thrown out of Heat 15 when uh, people I spoke to, Edinburgh fans and indeed another referee in attendance, said it should have been all four back. The Monarchs boss Alex Harkness said, I'm not complaining about the decision to exclude Eric Riss in the last Heat. But I expected all four back. If we had got the decision like that against us, I'd be fizzing mad. So, what about the riders in question then? Well, let's hear from them directly. First of all, the thoughts of the man excluded, Eric Riss. It, it was close before he'd 15, right? They they closed up, but then in he'd 15, yeah, first corner incident, I, I think it should have been all four back. Um, but what can you do? It's not in your hands. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that Heat 15. Obviously, it was a, a big turning point with the form you'd been showing um, at your old track earlier in the night as well. I know uh, team boss Lawrence Rogers certainly made his feelings known, uh, de describing it as a, uh, as a robbery. J just explain exactly what happened in, the, in those opening couple of turns. Well, I was off gate three, um, and, um, you know, it was three guys going into the first corner, um, me and the two opponents. We were going into the first corner, we were all going for the dirt because that was the only line, and Edinburgh is quite a tight track anyway. Um, and I took off, I took off masters, I did, but it was the first corner incident, and I, you know, I didn't, I couldn't go anywhere else. So I don't think it was the right decision. Uh, I think there was quite a few people that that thought that way. I, I only know one person that thought different. Um, but yeah. It is what it is. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, there's a referee for a reason. He makes the decisions. So you got to accept it, even if it's hard to accept it. Yeah, a lot of positives the team can take, though, from uh, from such a, a strong performance overall. Um, and obviously going back there this Friday for the first leg of the knockout quarter quarterfinal. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, uh, Edinburgh is quite a tough place to go to. And um, we done quite well last Friday and we know, we know what the track's like. It's hopefully going to be quite similar. And, you know, we all... 
you know, dialed in our bikes last Friday. So we, we, we got somewhere to, you know, start with um, next Friday. So that was Eric Riss, and you would imagine that a rider who's been excluded would probably think that he shouldn't have been excluded. What about the thoughts of Sam Masters? He was the rider that was unseated. Everybody, it seemed, thought it was a first Ben Bunching incident, apart from the referee. This is a hard first corner, and unfortunately he was on the wrong end of the call, really, and which I've been on before, but um, yeah, I don't think he should have been excluded, but um, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, you'll take it. Uh, so did Edinburgh. It certainly helped the course to get that draw in the end, obviously. Uh, um, a tough one with the team. Richie Worrell out for injury. Uh, Nathan Greaves deciding to, to retire from the sport as well. But um, a good, solid debut from uh, from Drew Kemp. Yeah, it, it, we're struggling without Richie. He's so good at home. He's actually good, pretty good everywhere, pretty consistent. And um, we're struggling without him for sure. And uh, Drew, But Drew started to find his feet around Edinburgh. And let's hope like Anders does too. So, um and Nathan was doing really good for us at the start of the year. He had a bit of a smash and his confidence has dropped a bit. So uh, I think he's had, a, had enough, obviously. And, um, yeah, it's made it tough on us that with that call he's made. But um, this is what we've got to work with at the minute, Speedway, and see what happens. Yeah, everybody knows how much Edinburgh loves silverware. The Knockout Cup is one of those. Um, and Birmingham back there this Friday, so you, you know what you're going to be facing. Yeah, we need to try and have a better meeting this Friday, give us a bit of a lead, hopefully, and to go to, to Perry Bar. So, um, yeah, time to step it up, really. But um, we can do it. I'm st- I've still got all the faith in the world with the team. And, uh, yeah, the club want to win, obviously, and so, so do we. And that's the start of a, a busy weekend as well. Lots of travelling, plenty of time on track as well. Yeah, that's right. We've got Leicester. That'll be a tough one as well. Um, obviously, Edinburgh and Newcastle on the Sunday. So, um, hopefully, we get enough points from them. Well, Newcastle and Leicester, anyway, for the league. And... Um, Birmingham we can yeah get a good lead before the second leg and thanks for speaking to us as always Sam cheers mate well the good thing about Speedway is you don't have to wait long to get your revenge and Edinburgh versus Birmingham is rerun all over again in the Knockout Cup this Friday at 7.30 at Armadale. A team that have been celebrating their 90th anniversary this week are Plymouth who put on a special meeting on Tuesday night and of course they've been very busy this week as well because they've got matches against um, Poole and a South Coast derby on Wednesday and then uh, they're of course uh, on the road as well racing against Glasgow Go Tigers on Friday and they've confirmed the signing of a rider for 2022 already he is currently injured unfortunately but should be back ready for 2022 Richard Lawson has been speaking with Ryan Guest about that move so yeah last Tuesday made uh, your Plymouth home debut um, and now officially a Plymouth rider for, for 2022 so how did that come about um, you know once the Eastbourne situation had um, kind of sorted itself out um, me and Mark spoke and um, kind of straight away done a deal for the remainder of the season and for next year. So um, it was nice to get that, you know, tied up early. And, um, you know, I've always liked Plymouth, the track and everything around the stadium and stuff. It's really cool. So, um, yeah, nice to get it done nice and early. Obviously, it's the first season under this uh, promotion and management at a championship level as well. Um, we, we mentioned how you've had one experience there. What was it like? Yeah, really good, you know, uh, good reception from the fans and, you know, the tracks, it's a little fun, little track, but it's it's really fun to ride and, you know, I think because it's small you get a nice atmosphere there and, um, you know, just a uh, good vibe, you know, uh, Gary Mays there, get along with it, Gary really well and uh, from my Somerset days, so, you know, he was a big um, factor in going there, I wanted to work with him again and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can... Uh, 
put a good team together and have a good season. Yeah, it's not just uh, Gary May's experience, it's also that winning mentality that, that, that attracted you, I guess. Yeah, exactly. He's, um, he's got a few trophies in his cabinet, so um, you know he, he wants to continue that, and as do I, you know, want to get in them. I think first and foremost, everyone wants to get into that, that playoffs, but um, you know, we'd love to bring some trophies back to Plymouth. I think they deserve it. Yeah, and like you say, to, to have it up, uh, tie, tied up so early, uh, no one really knows the, the format of the leagues or anything, so it is a gamble in one way, but after everything you've been through the last couple of years, the whole Sheffield situation the year before, being left without a premiership team spot, then the Eastbourne thing, um, it must be a, a massive weight off your shoulders. Yeah, like you said, you just never know um, what, what, what around the corner so it was really good to get that security and just get things tied up nice and early and uh, you know I can just enjoy the off season and get ready all the very best to Richard Lawson there um, talking about Plymouth but uh, shortly after that interview he was injured while riding for Kings Lynn against Wolves on Monday night with a suspected broken collarbone so get well soon to Richard Lawson on the way we're going to hear the story of Ryan Kinsley who recently signed for the Red Car Bears he was racing against the Kent Kings and staying over in the Teesside area because uh, the next day Kent were due to be racing at Berwick and in the middle of the night his van was stolen and uh, it's quite a saga really what happened from them. He's been reunited with his bikes since but hear the full story from Ryan himself in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. No Breaks, No Fear the official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. Great to have you with us. I'm Ian Brannan. And right now for, quite frankly, a a bizarre but a hell of a story, really, uh, involving Ryan Kinsley, the red car reserve, who only signed for the Bears a couple of weeks ago. He was racing at the Media Prima Arena last Friday night against the Kent Kings. The meeting passed off, as most meetings do. And afterwards, he went back with all his equipment and his van back to a hotel to stay over because the Kent Kings on the Saturday were racing at Berwick. So you've got to have a sleep sometime. Now, his van contained his three bikes, all of his equipment. He looked out of the window and he actually saw his van being stolen. Obviously, the van disappeared for quite some time. The van eventually turned up, but it was empty. Uh, The bikes were missing and all the equipment was missing. Now, the good news is that... The community, the local community, local media, the red car bears themselves put word out as far and wide as possible to get all eyes out looking for this van, looking for this equipment, should it turn up anywhere. And a GoFundMe page was set up quickly for Ryan as well to help replace his lost equipment and frankly give him a bit of a hope to be able to continue his speedway career because without these bikes, really, he was uh, not in a position to race and indeed did not race for Kent on the Saturday night. So let's hear the full story of what happened to Ryan Kinsley this last weekend. He's been explaining the full story and the current situation and where he's up to right now to Gary Phillipson from BBC Radio Tees. Yeah, I mean, I've never experienced anything like this in my life before. It's definitely took it out of me this last yesterday and today. I've never felt so worse. My body's been, I feel really drained. So um, I'm just resting at the minute to try to build it back up. But no, it has been really mentally draining and frustrating. Talk, take me back to Saturday morning. Is that when you realised that everything had been taken? Um, no, it was sort of uh, midnight Friday. And how did you real? What, what was it that alerted you that it that gone? Did you hear something outside? What what no, was it that I took just, it in? Um, 
Oh, I thought I'd open the hotel night curtain just to see if my van was all right. Just check on it as you do, just before you go to sleep. And um, that's when I then see someone get in it and drive off. So you actually saw it happen? Yeah, I actually witnessed it. So I ran outside and um, by that time he was already driving across the car park and nothing I could do to stop him. In there was all the tr- tools to your trade. So that was your life just driving off into the distance? Yeah, everything I'd worked up to over the years and all the money that I've invested into it, you, I literally just watched it drive off away from me. How did that feel? Uh, it broke me down straight away. Um, it took the wind out of me. Uh, yeah, it, it was heartbreaking. I would imagine there was stuff in that van that is a sentimental, be irreplaceable, and you know, and see that is necessary for your day to day living. So there, there, there was literally your life would have been just dissipated with with just that van driving across that car park. I, I what would what, what had you been had you been up to our neck of the woods before? Had you ever ridden it, it um, in Teesside before? Yeah, I've I've rode like the track there for practice day and that, but it's the first time I've sort of stayed up there. So first impressions must have been, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah, I mean, it, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was in somewhere an area I didn't know. Um, but I say I've just seen everything drive off in front of me. Uh, it's a very uh, difficult evening. So talk me through the sequence of events after that, from the Friday night going through the weekend. W- w- what happened through that? Yeah, so the Friday night, um, there was my insurance managed to sort me out a taxi to get me back home. Um, so I got home at half six Saturday morning. Uh, I then get a text message at seven saying the van's being found. But unfortunately, there was nothing inside the back of the van. Uh, and then the red car management and promotion have done a huge amount of sharing and posting. Uh, to try get the word out there, and the public and everyone has been so overwhelming to see how many people have shared and donated and spreaded the word out there. That must have really heartened you because they say your first experience, Ryan, of coming to Teesside was having your gear nicked. Um, but we're not we're not all bad, you know. There is a lot of good up here, and that must have heartened you a little bit too to our part of the world. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, you hear of it now and again happening all all the way around the world. Like now and again, you might hear of it. Um, you never expect it to happen to yourself, ever. And I don't wish this on anyone. I hope no one else ever has to go through this. You've got the bikes back because there was three bikes, wasn't there? If I'm if I'm right in thinking. Yeah, yeah. All three bikes have been recovered now. Um, all the other gear is still missing, but. I'll have to just reinvest in that and um, buy new stuff. That's terrible. It genuinely is destroying. What what can people? Is there a market for you know second hand used speedway stuff? You know, this stuff would be easily detectable to other speedway people. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, the only people you can sell the stuff to is people in the speedway community. Um, they're pretty useless to anyone else because. You've got to be able to ride them. Uh, they've got to be on a specific track. And, yeah, they would be a hard item to sell. Um, obviously, they must have been able to get rid of the toolbox and bits and bobs because they wasn't in the same places where the bikes were. 
Um, whether they have gone or they're just hidden somewhere else, I do not know. How much have you lost, do you think? Um, I've lost a toolbox, two suits, all the spares for my bikes. I'm still good to a five grand down, I would have thought, with gear that's missing. And that's money you can ill afford to, to use because I would imagine things have been pretty tight over the last 18 months. Yeah, they have, yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to get some good sponsors on board this year to get me better equipment and to have that take away. But obviously now it's come back. That's a huge, huge weight off my shoulders. Um, I mean, I haven't got a fork out for new bikes again because I wouldn't have been able to afford to buy new bikes. How much is a bike, Ryan, if I can ask? Um, that, it varies to what, like, it's in your engine. And, um, they're all customised to me with new guards and everything. They're sort of four or five grand each, like second hand. That's a lot of an absolute lot of money. The, 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 you know, everyone connected to Retka Speedway have, have rallied round big style. And I saw a big, big thing on social media, you know, everyone pulling together. Um, are you still hopeful that you may get more of your stuff back? Or I, 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 in your mind, have you written that off and go, look, I'm, I'm going to start a fresher yet? Um, to be honest with you, I'd wrote it, it all off. Um, I was in the position where I wasn't going to be able to afford anything to carry on and I didn't. I still don't know the outcome of my van or anything. Um, I was ready to write this year off and the bikes have been found now and the van has been found. That's enough for me. I, I've written everything else off. I mean, the tools you can sell to people. My kit bag and suits are useless to anyone. So the chances are they've probably been burnt or chucked in a bin. What a waste. It's just a waste, um, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's useless to a lot of people, so I would... I, the main thing is the bikes, and they're the most expensive bit, so to get them back is more than I could ask. Now, I know the, I know the promoters at, at Redka Speed set up a GoFundMe, and that, it, it, you know, the local public, Speedway fans around Teesside have really come to the fore and will there be enough in there to replace the stuff that you've you've lost to so, so that you're not out of pocket because you shouldn't be out of pocket out of this no I mean um, yeah it's definitely going to be a huge help uh, it, yeah it should be enough sort of to cover the expenses obviously I, I don't know what's going on with my van um, that may get rid of I, I have no idea what that's still going through everything um, obviously, if that does get rid of or I don't get the payout I need, then that's going to be another expense I'm going to have to pay. Um, but no, the the amount of support and donations everyone's given me is definitely will help and help me sort everything out again to keep riding. That's Ryan Kinsley speaking with Gary Philipson from BBC Radio Tees on his plight over the last week or so, uh, having seen his van stolen, the van recovered with no contents in, and then getting those all-important three Speedway bikes back. Of course, he is still down quite a bit on equipment, as he mentioned, is about £5,000 down. At the moment, there's about three or £4,000 have been raised for Ryan Kinsley on a GoFundMe. If you'd like to contribute to that, if you go to the Red Car Bears um, social media or website, you can get the link that you need if you'd like to chip in the hat because whilst his bikes have been returned, there's still a lot of gear that he still needs. Or indeed, if you can help him out with with any gear, tools, race suits, uh, whatever else he needs, I'm sure he'd, uh, he'd love to hear from you if you can help him out in, in any way, shape or form. But what a fantastic um, 
coming together of the Speedway community, not just the Speedway community, people from the local area, really, that, that really did uh, have eyes out for him and, and, and trying to help him out. But, um, you know, all Speedway fans were, were sharing this far and wide and uh, and trying to get him back in, in business. And, and the amount of money that's been donated is terrific as well. All the best to Ryan Kinsley and hopefully we'll see him back in action as soon as this week. Uh, Red Car are in action away at Birmingham on Wednesday night and then they've got a massive meeting on Friday as they host the Leicester Lions. Looking through the fixtures in full then on uh, Wednesday it is Birmingham versus Red Car Poole versus Plymouth in that South Coast derby. Thursday in the Premiership it's Kings Lynn's final home meeting. Kings Lynn hosting Sheffield. Sheffield already guaranteed that final playoff spot in the Premiership playoffs. And then Championship action on Friday. Glasgow versus Plymouth. Redcar versus Leicester. Scunthorpe versus Poole. And Edinburgh versus Birmingham, which is in the Knockout Cup. Saturday, it's Berwick versus Glasgow. And Leicester versus Edinburgh in the Championship. And um, also in the Championship on Sunday, we've got Newcastle versus Edinburgh. And the National Development League, Mildenhall host the Leicester Lion Cubs and then on Monday back to Premiership action once again Wolves versus Peterborough which many people fancy could be a dress rehearsal for the Premiership Grand Final we will wait and see on that one but that is your fixture that's going to be live on Eurosport on Monday night the other action will be at the National Speedway Stadium as Bellevue host the Kings Lynn Stars and of course we'll be back with another episode of No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast with reaction to all of those meetings and that will be on Tuesday at 8 o'clock it'll be available then And um, don't forget to keep up to date with everything that's going on with your favourite club on British Speedway's official website, speedwaygb.co.uk, and on our social media platforms as well for all the fixtures, results, match reaction and videos from across the British Speedway as well. We'll catch you next week. No Breaks, No Fear is a Nigel Pearson Media Limited production for British Speedway. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.